Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. Good morning. All right. With that last clip of the video, it just went, and everybody was like, oh, something's happening. That was so awesome. Well, it's great to see you. Welcome to Koinonia. My name's Nick. I'm a part of the pastoral team here. <laughs> Hello. And uh, man, you guys, you guys are excited this morning. This is awesome. We are looking at a really, really great passage today that, that was introduced for us. Uh, but before we get started, I wonder, um, have you ever considered who is the main character in your life? Who might that be? <laughs> that is a wise answer. You know, growing up, when I was a kid, I just assumed that I was the main character of my parents' lives. This is, this is, this is what we do, right? We assume that we're the main character in our lives, but then we kind of assume that about other people's lives, too. But then, you know, I had my own son, and I was like, dang, yeah, he's not my, the main character in my life. I'm still pretty selfish. I'm still the main character in my life. But regardless... We like to know who the main character is, right? And as we look at all of these encounters with Jesus, it's really easy to search for, like, okay, who's the story about? Who's the main character here? Like, am I I in this story? Who am I in this story? But I need you to know that at every encounter that somebody has with Jesus, he is the main character. Like, he is the main character. The, The authors of these gospels, as they put these stories together, they're not putting it together so that, you know, the paralyzed man or... The, the man born blind or the children, those people all have an encounter with the main character. And so that's what I want you to have in your mind this morning is together, us as a church community, we're going to have an encounter with the main character of today's story, that is Jesus. Are you ready? Awesome. All right, let's pray as we get started here. God, thank you that your spirit is present with us. Thank you that we can be filled with joy and peace and excitement about the future. God, thank you that you are alive in us. And so this morning, we as a community of believers, we invite you to transform us. We invite you to transform us by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now today's story, whether whether you're familiar with it or maybe today is the first time, this video is the first time you heard about the story, it's kind of a classic story of, of healing that we see in the Gospels. Um, m- many scholars would call it a healing story or a healing narrative. Um, but I came across uh, a, a different title that I thought was interesting. One commentator that I read called it a pronouncement story. This story is a pronouncement. It's Jesus is making a claim here through his encounter with the paralyzed man. And the claim that he's making is that he is God's son. This is the claim that Jesus is making. This is his pronouncement. I am God's son. And some people present during this pronouncement uh, believe that's true, and some people don't. And so today we're going to, we're going to explore that. So we're going to read in, in Luke chapter 5 together. So if you have your Bible with you, um, turn there, open it up, and I would love for you to read along with me because we're going to kind of look through it verse by verse here, okay? So we're going to go to Luke chapter 5. Now when I'm in launch class or, you know, with, with some of our younger students, 
I do this awkward pause now while I wait for them to actually open their Bible. Because what happens when I ask a teenager, give them some instruction, they do this. And then I'm like, okay, when you have it, just put your hand up. So let's do that together, okay? So when you're there in Luke 5, yeah, all right, we've got some people there. Okay, Luke 5. We're going to start at verse 17. Let's read together. One day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So this is the intro to our pronouncement story. And one of the key characters in this story is the Pharisees. We read that the Pharisees have come from far and wide. They've come from Judea and Jerusalem. Now this is a significant note here that um, Luke includes for us, that the Pharisees have come to listen to Jesus. What that means is they've heard his teachings, they've heard what he's been up to, they've heard he's been healing people, and they've come to see, you know, as the the powers that be, the religious leaders and authority, they've come to see, you know, what he's teaching. They've come to kind of, like, check out, okay, what is this guy up to? Like, what is he saying? Does he fit with what we're teaching? Does he not? And so they're present here to see what's going on. Let's keep reading. Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Let's get this picture in our minds together. Okay, so Jesus is teaching. The, the, The Pharisees, the teachers of the law are present. Now, these guys would have been wearing their, like, their garb, okay? So they've got these big robes on, you know, maybe a cool hat or something. Their, uh, their, their spiritual hat of choice. Um, and they're here listening. Jesus is teaching. And then he gets interrupted. Now, if I was a religious leader and I was like this, listening to somebody teaching, and then dust started falling on me from the ceiling, you know, and I'm trying to, trying to pay attention, I'm getting all dusty. This, I'm, I'm trying to mark this guy and what he's teaching here. I'm trying to see what he's up to. Like, this, this guy and his friends are interrupting something that's happening. This would have been annoying if you're a Pharisee. They couldn't just hop in the car and drive to where Jesus was. These guys had to walk from Jerusalem. Walking from this seat to your car is pretty far. Can you imagine walking to the next town? Even to Mary Hill. It's annoying. You get there and your meeting's interrupted by a hole in the ceiling. So this is what's happening here. Now, (laughs) it's an interruption. And as I, was, as I was working on this, this message and reading this story, wrestling with some things, I was feeling really stuck. Till Friday afternoon, I was, I was sharing, sharing the message with a friend and um, just was like, hey, you know, tell me your thoughts on this story. And he said, you know, it's really struck me how reliant this man is on his friends. Like, he's really seriously stuck. He can't do anything without the help of his friends. I was like, yeah, that's right. Of course. All of us get stuck. But just, this is, this is what the paralyzed man is like, okay? And this is what we are like, too, when we get stuck. He's stuck. So just, just come on the journey with me for a moment. He's at his house, right? He's at his house. And he's on his bed, and he hears, you know, his family members come in or whatever. And they're like, hey, 
There's this man named Jesus. He, yesterday, he healed a man with, with leprosy. There's this man named, named Jesus. He's, he's, he's teaching. He's casting out demons, and, and the paralyzed man is just listening. And, you know, his friend, maybe his friends are like, hey, why don't, we, why don't you come with us? And, well, we're going to bring you. And we, we're going to take you to Jesus, and he's going to heal you. Can you imagine? He's like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, my eyebrow's just itchy. Um, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that could work. And so then his friends, you know, they, they pick a time. Okay, Jesus is going to be teaching in this house. I heard there's going to be a lot of religious leaders there. And so he's like, yeah, right, let's go. And then, and then imagine, he's, so his friends are now with him. He's surrounded by his friends. These guys would have been close, like his close friends. They're carrying him, and he's on his mat. And then, and then imagine, imagine this feeling. One of his friends goes, oh, my goodness. There are so many people here. How, how are we going to get in? We can't even get to the windows. And then one guy, probably the crazy guy, was like, I know. Let's go on the roof. <laughs> and, and the paralyzed man is here. He is in the hands of his closest friends. And then he's up on the roof, and as soon as his friends lower him down into that roof, he's all on his own. But he finds himself still stuck, but right in front of Jesus. There's no better place to be stuck than in front of Jesus. Would you agree? When we're stuck, that is the place that we need to be. Now, we don't want to be stuck, right? Like, I don't like being stuck in the snow or in the mud or in a relationship. But we all get stuck. You know, maybe some of you have felt stuck. Maybe this weekend, you're just feeling stuck. Maybe the last couple of months, you felt stuck. Even the last couple of years, we've all been stuck. And when we're stuck, we can't really help ourselves, can we? And you know, humans, we're really good at getting stuck. <laughs> My son is learning how to, well, he's learning how to be a human, and he gets stuck everywhere. He get, tries to climb up something, and he gets stuck halfway up. And then he tries to get down, and he gets stuck halfway down. We're, we're good at getting stuck. Okay, let's re- keep reading here. Verse 20. So the man has been brought down right in front of Jesus. He interrupts the meeting. And then uh, we read verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, a couple things to note here about about verse 20. The first is that Jesus acknowledges the faith of the friends. So this is clearly going to be very important for us as we keep reading this story. Um, the, The friends of the man believed that Jesus could get him unstuck. They believed that Jesus could heal them. Why else would they remove a hole in somebody's roof and interrupt this religious meeting to, to get their friend right in front of Jesus? Their friends had faith. They believed the rumors and stories and things they had heard about Jesus. They believed that he could heal their friend. Now, it's important to note here that the word there, like Jesus says, he saw, the, Luke says Jesus saw their faith. The, the paralyzed man also needed to have faith because the faith of somebody else is not enough for the forgiveness of your own sin. <laughs> like, the, the paralyzed man needed to have some faith here in who Jesus was because Jesus is saying, friend, your, your sins are forgiven. So when we're stuck, oh man, we need to rely on the people around us, don't we? I specifically remember a time when I was battling with this, this, this problem in my mind and sh- sharing it with my dad. And I was like, you know, 
Dad, I don't really see a future where this could be better. Like, I don't have a lot of faith for this. And he just said, well, then rely on mine. I wonder how many people need to hear that from you. How many people in your world need to hear you say, rely on my faith. I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I believe he has the power to heal. I believe that you are worthy of love. I believe that your sins are forgiven. And if you don't believe it, that's fine. Eventually you will, for now, rely on my faith. The other important thing here in verse 20 is that Jesus doesn't start where the man is obviously stuck. He starts where he is spiritually stuck. He's, remember, the man is paralyzed. He can't move. And Jesus first forgives his sin. And this is where all of us are stuck. You may not be physically stuck, but we all face the grip of evil and sin in our hearts. This is where all of us get stuck. And Jesus is the only one with the authority to forgive our sin. Jesus is the only one who has the power to unstick you from your sin. It's incredible. If I was Jesus, I would have healed the guy first. But Jesus is way smarter than me. Jesus says to the paralyzed man, friend, your sins are forgiven. And in that moment, that paralyzed man was the most free he will ever be. Even though he's still paralyzed. Because all of us are truly captive to our sin. All of us are truly captive to the brokenness of the decisions that we make. But the moment that that sin is forgiven by Jesus, that is the freest we will ever be. You know, a forgiven, paralyzed man is actually more free than a walking man who's stuck in his sin. This is the freest this man has ever been, and he was still paralyzed. Verse 21. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sin but God alone? So the Pharisees, they don't like that Jesus has forgiven this man's sin. They don't believe that he has the authority to do it. Because the Pharisees, they, they see, and this is, this is right in what they see, is that sin is ultimately against God. It's first against God. And God is the, the one who has the authority to forgive sin because ultimately sin is committed against him. And this is where Jesus' proclamation is very loud. When he says, your sins are forgiven, he's also, he, what he's saying here is, I am God. You've sinned against me, but I forgive you. And this is the claim that made the Pharisees so frustrated. They don't believe that Jesus is God. It's simple. They, they just don't believe it. They're like, this guy's from Nazareth. You know, he hangs out with sinners. He touches sick people. God would never do that. They don't believe it's true. Let's keep reading. Verse 22. <laughs> Jesus knew what they were thinking. And asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk? 
Just notice here, Jesus reads their, their mind. If that doesn't make you uncomfortable, I don't know what will. Because <laughs> Jesus can read your mind too. What is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. You know, what, so what Jesus is saying here, here's what he's not saying. He's not saying what is easier to pronounce. That's not what he means. He's asking what's easier to prove. Is it easier to prove that a paralyzed man is healed or that your sins are forgiven? It's very easy to prove that somebody who's paralyzed can be healed because, well, the, the man gets up and walks. That's, that's provable. And if he, he's not healed, then he can't walk. But it's really hard to disprove the forgiveness of sin. Let's keep reading. Verse 24. Jesus says, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. So he says this to the Pharisees. So they're around, they're watching, and he says, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. Then he turns to the paralyzed man. He says, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. And he's healed. Immediately, verse 25, he stood up in front of them. He took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. When Jesus forgave this man's sin, the paralyzed man, he wasn't stuck anymore. And then when he healed his legs, this guy was going going places. He could now take that forgiveness and share it. And that's exactly what he did. He went home and he praised God. And you know what's so cool is for that paralyzed man, the healing of his legs, his ability to walk, will always remind him of the forgiveness of his sin. And I think it's really important for all of us to have a reminder like that, whatever it may be. It may not be something, may not be physical healing, but it, it may be something else. But I think all of us need a reminder of the forgiveness of our sin. Now, this interaction here between Jesus and the Pharisees, it's just so cool. I mean, you got to agree with me. It really is so cool. He, Jesus is a genius. He does the thing that's harder to do in order to prove the thing that's harder to prove. He, it's way harder to heal a paralyzed man than it, it, for, for the normal person than it is to forgive sin. But for Jesus... From his perspective, both are within his power and his authority. So awesome. You know, if I was Jesus and I finished that statement, I would do one of these. <laughs> Again, it's a good thing that I'm not Jesus. Verse 26, everyone was amazed. They gave praise to God. They were filled with awe. And they said, we have seen remarkable things today. So the crowd is a new character in this story um, compared to the stories before. In verse 15, Jesus heals a man with leprosy, and there's no crowd present. That story was a healing story, but this story is a proclamation story. And so people need to hear what Jesus is proclaiming. And the crowd, they hear it because the crowd sees the miracle that Jesus did and then it doesn't say that they ran up to Jesus and bowed down before him and worshipped him. It says they worshipped God. They directed their praise and their glory towards God. And I just think about, man, what would it be like if that's what our lives, what was happening in our lives? 
You know, as we're showing and sharing Jesus' love with the person we buy coffee from, with our, with our kids in the morning, with, you know, throughout our day, the people we interact with, like, what would it be like if we were reflecting the love of Jesus in such a strong way that people noticed us, but then they, they saw God? If people noticed us and, they, and, and that was something that led them towards God. That's what happened to the crowd. When Jesus proclaimed, I am the Son of God, and I forgive your sin, the crowd recognized that. It's incredible. And then the, the paralyzed man, another thing that's important to note here, is that he takes up his mat, he goes home, and he's praising God. This guy is healed, but also he's full of joy. And I think those are two great markers of spiritual freedom, that we're healed, we're walking in wholeness, and we're full of joy. I just think that's so, so important for us to know. These things, these are the markers of somebody who is unstuck. And if we become people who are known for our health and our joy, then verse 26 happens. Everybody sees what's going on and they give praise to God. And that's the end of the story. That's the end of the proclamation. So let's summarize here. The paralyzed man, he was forgiven of sin and his legs were healed. He was, he's now no longer stuck. But the Pharisees, they're left speechless. We actually don't hear from the Pharisees until like two or three pages later. Well, depending on the size of your Bible. Um, we, we don't hear from the Pharisees until, until chapter 6. They're silent. Jesus has a couple more interactions with them, but they're silent. Then when we hear from them, they're scheming on what to do about this man who's claiming to be God. Their encounters with Jesus don't lead to faith. Their encounters with Jesus lead to them wanting to actually kill him. Because they believe so strongly that he's not who he claims to be. They remain stuck. And the paralyzed man is totally unstuck. A paralyzed man forgiven of his sin is more free than a walking man who is stuck in his sin. And then we have the crowd and they glorify God. Jesus does this miracle and they credit the praise towards God. The, the tricky part about this is that, well, it's not tricky, it's, it, just, it just is the way that it is. The, the Pharisees and the paralyzed man both had an equal opportunity to place their faith in Jesus. Same with the crowd. They all encountered the miracle. They all saw the man get up. They all heard Jesus' words. And some left free and others left stuck. And so I wonder today for us, where are you stuck? We're humans. We, we all get stuck. It's actually impossible for us to remain unstuck forever. <laughs> Where are you stuck? And if you're stuck, there's some good news. It's that we don't have to go through a crowd of people. We don't have to cut a hole open in the roof for you to get in front of Jesus. Jesus is here. He's present. He's here with the authority to forgive and the power to heal. And that's what he wants to do in us. So I want to share with you quickly four things that I see in this story that can guide us when we're stuck. The first thing that we see in the paralyzed man is humility. He's humble. He's got to let his friends carry him to this house. He's got to let them open up the roof. He's, he's okay with interrupting this religious beating that's happening. He asks for help. And when we're stuck, one of the main reasons we stay stuck is because we don't ask for help. Right? 
Humility needs to be present. We need to acknowledge where we're stuck. We need to acknowledge before God, I'm stuck. We need to approach him with humility. And you know, Jesus, like I said, he can read our minds, right? He knows when we're stuck. But he wants a relationship with us. He wants us to tell him. He wants to hear about it from us. We need to approach him with humility. The second thing that we see is faith. Faith is totally present in the paralyzed man and his friends, and it's totally absent in the Pharisees. If we want to get unstuck, we need to believe that Jesus can actually, you know, unstick us. We have to believe that he has the power to forgive and the the power to heal and the authority to forgive. Humility, faith, And the third one is, we need to get right in front of Jesus. The, the, um, the way that the story talks about where the man went, he was in the middle of Jesus' attention. He was right there. And this is, this is what we need to do when we're stuck. We need to be right in front of Jesus when he can see all of the stickiness that we find ourselves in. We need to approach him with humility. We need to believe that he can bring healing, that he can bring forgiveness right in front of Jesus. He can see through us anyways, but it's only when we present ourselves before him that he can get us unstuck. And finally, we see in the paralyzed man that he then receives forgiveness and walks in forgiveness, literally and spiritually. And so after we're, we're, we're before Jesus with all of our stickiness, And he says, friend, your sins are forgiven. We need to believe that that's true and walk with it. Walk like somebody who's forgiven. Walk in joy and in health. And others will see our our relationship with God at work. Now today, if you're stuck, the opportunity is in front of us to approach God humbly with humility, to be right in front of Jesus and receive his forgiveness. Now, something that always makes me uncomfortable about this story is that, you know, Jesus actually healed the guy's legs. And I've never seen Jesus heal a paralyzed man before. But I believe it can happen. I believe it can happen. And I believe today Jesus wants to demonstrate not only his authority to forgive, but also his power to heal in us as a church. You know, I was praying praying a lot about this story because it's, it's an awesome story and it makes me really uncomfortable. And, and I really do believe that if you are here today with a physical problem, an injury, a lingering eating disorder, something like that, Jesus wants to heal you today. I believe that it's true. He wants to unstick you. He wants to bring healing to you. And so we are going to take some time to pray for that. But before we do, I want to just share one story that I think is going to help adjust how we think about this. When I was around 10, uh, my family, we got to move in with my nana and my papa. And as a 10-year-old, I thought that was really sweet. So we moved into this house. There's, you know, we had a big yard, and I was just always, I was always out getting stuck in random places. Um, <laughs> you know, in the mud and in trees and stuff. That's what you do when you're 10. And it was awesome. So we, we lived there, and, and shortly after we moved in, 
um, my papa was diagnosed with esophagus cancer. And as a 10-year-old, I didn't really, you know, I understood that he was sick, but, you know, I, I, I didn't understand cancer and all of its pain and all that it is. And, you know, the thing you need to know about my papa was he didn't move slow. You know, he owned a business. He, he just, you know, the memories that I have of him, he's just running places, getting work done. He's, he was really hard worker. But this sickness, like, it's, it's, I mean, we're familiar with cancer. It slows you down. It makes you stuck. And over these two years, I watched him become more and more stuck. His story is actually a lot like the story of the paralyzed man where eventually he was, he was stuck in his bed and he couldn't come downstairs. You know, he couldn't tell us to be quiet, <laughs> which was often what he was asking of us. Um, he was stuck. And he was a man of faith. He believed in God. But the one thing that was yet to develop was his personal relationship with Jesus. And this process, it was, it was around, it was two years long as he slowly became more and more sick and got more and more stuck. But the incredible thing about this story is that while he physically became more and more stuck, spiritually, he became more and more free. And it began to become real for him that his sins were forgiven. It began to become real for him, even though his body was breaking down, that, that Jesus fully loved him. And his physical state did not at all impact his ability to believe in God's love for him, in his ability to have faith for what God might do in his heart and through him. One of the things my he shared with my dad, my papa shared with my dad, he said, I never knew being a Christian could be like this, being surrounded by people who love you and who pray for you. And we prayed for healing. Man, if anybody in this room has enough faith to raise someone from the dead, it's my dad. <laughs> but it, it didn't happen. My papa died eventually. But over those last two years, he was so free. And that's the kind of freedom that Jesus died for us to experience. That's the kind of freedom that he paid for when he was on the cross. Yes, he wants us to experience physical healing. I believe it with all my heart. That healing may come today or it may come when we're right in front of Jesus in eternity. And if we're full of faith, then we can ask for that now and believe for it. In eternity. And so this morning, you know, I wish that I had a great answer for, for why Jesus doesn't always heal. Every preacher wishes they had that, that answer. The reality is that we don't. But we, what we do have an answer for is that Jesus longs for us to be spiritually free. And he demonstrated that for us in his love when he gave up his life. And he demonstrated both his authority to forgive and his power to heal when the Spirit raised him to life. And it's that power that we call on for both spiritual freedom and physical freedom. So what I would love for us to do is we're postured with our eyes on Jesus. We're postured 
full of faith, I, I, wanna, I wanna ask if you need physical healing today for something that's been lingering, something that's been just making you stuck. I really believe that God wants to heal you today and so we're gonna pray for that. And so what I'm gonna do in a moment is if you, if you need physical healing, I'm gonna ask you to be courageous in, in this community that we haven't put your hand up. Because when we're stuck, we need to let people know so that others can come around us and, you know, carry us right in front of Jesus. And so when I ask for you to put your hand up if you're struggling with a, something physical that you need healing for, your friends, your family, the people who are close to you, um, then surround that person. And if they're comfortable, you know, lay hands on them. Ask them first, please. Um, Because we see that Jesus acknowledges the faith of the friends and of the paralyzed man. And so we're, so, so we're going to do that. We're going to pray for that. As a church community, we are going to surround those that need healing. So if you are struggling with something physical that's lingering, would you put your hand up? I would love to pray for you. All right, there's, there's hands everywhere. So church... Let's surround those that are struggling. If you need to move, then, then get up and move. If you're close by and you've got family members around, do that. Um, if you don't know the person, ask them if you can be close. And, and we're going to get up and we're, we're going to pray. I'm going to lead us in prayer and then you can just agree with me. Jesus, we see in this story that you demonstrate your power to heal and you demonstrate your authority to forgive. And God, as, as followers of your son, we believe that Jesus died on the cross for us to experience spiritual freedom and physical freedom. And so in this moment, I pray for all of my family members who are stuck, for those that are watching online, for those that are listening later, and for those that are present with, that are present and surrounded by those that are carrying them. God, would you move your healing power through this room in this moment? Would you demonstrate your power to heal in your people who are listening right now. God, we believe that by the stripes of Jesus that we are healed. We believe that as his body was broken for ours, we are healed. And so we invite you to release your healing power in this room, in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, before we move from this moment, I recognize that there are many who need physical healing. And hey, if God is doing something in you today, then we want to know, okay? So tell the people around you, all right, what God is doing. But I also want to pray for those who feel spiritually stuck. Because Jesus, he addresses both. And so if you are feeling spiritually stuck, mentally stuck, you're like, man, there's things that I've done that, you know, no one can know about, no one can forgive me from. 
Jesus is present today and he's saying, friend, your sins are forgiven. And so I wanna do the same thing. You don't need to get up and move around. Actually, why don't we close our eyes? Let's close our eyes together. And if you're feeling spiritually stuck, would you raise your hand? I wanna pray, I wanna pray for you. God, I, I, I lift up each one with their hand raised. Thank you that you can see through the thoughts in our minds. You can see through the actions that we put on. And you see where we're stuck. And so we come humbly before you, full of faith. And God, I pray that you would breathe fresh your forgiveness on those with their hands raised. That you would remind them of your love for them. That you would give them confidence that as they are right in front of you, they can receive your forgiveness and your freedom and walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, the beautiful thing about our relationship with Jesus is that this moment doesn't have to be done when we, when we leave. You don't have to stop praying for healing when we leave. You don't have to stop praying for forgiveness. You don't have to stop praying for grace and for strength. You don't have to stop praying for freedom after you've done it once. Jesus is always present with us and he wants to walk free, want us to walk free always. So hold on to what you're feeling in your heart in this moment and revisit it because Jesus is with you and he is always ready to help in our time of need. We're gonna take a moment to respond in, in singing and these words that we're gonna sing, I would challenge you to make them your prayer as we wrap up our time together. So team, you can come forward and, and I'm gonna pray for us and let's, would you, would you stand with me? God, thank you that we can approach you with humility, full of faith. Thank you that we can come right in front of Jesus. And so as we sing this song together as a church community, we believe with faith that these words are true. There's nothing that you can't do. And we declare that with faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.